And welcome to another All Japan Women Destiny podcast episode. It is episode 14. The spinoff of the Red Leaf Retrocast is here. It is JD and K. So, talking about uh, some, uh, well, matches. I guess we'd call one of them a match, technically. We are talking about the ascension of a superstar, K. <laughs> and her super chop. <laughs> <laughs> and the karate chop of death that will win titles. It is the rise the of Yukari <laughs> Omori. Not to bury the lead at all. Yes, that is what this is about. Kay, what an episode this is. Oh, did you did you remember that that chop was what busted open Chigusa de Gaio at one point? Mm. <laughs> she bladed for her chop. I try to I try to forget these things when it comes to Yukari <laughs> Omori because even in hindsight, I was like, man, this infuriated me. <laughs> it's all happening, of course, because she's not a good wrestler. Good God. So yeah, this is Classics episode 14. Uh, we're at uh, August of 1986. We got a white belt match with Shigusa Nagayo as our champion. We have uh, not the Crush Gals in action a few days later, a couple days later, against Kokaku Dome, as uh, Linus Asuka is currently injured during this time, I believe. Uh, yes, I do. Th- either she's injured or she's taking time off for like the crush cows because this is like peak crush cows so she might be doing like some kind of repairance somewhere yeah maybe i, I, I do know there were times where they took time off of shows to do those things well the 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 corkin or the oda ward in late august each year at least that's what we've seen from year to year they always seem to run kawasaki a couple days later so they have like kind of a a big drawing match on one day and then later in the week they will run an even bigger match a couple days later. So it's kind of a two-shot uh, uh, major drawing shows that have become kind of the post-Grand uh, Prix tradition that they've set. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting that they did that because when you look at modern time, when you have these big Grand Prix tournaments, they definitely don't do that. It's like a wind-down afterwards. Like Stardom does a wind-down with the Tag League. Uh, New Japan does a wind down as well with their own tournament, right? Yeah, so seemingly it's kind of every weird for them. exactly seemingly every promotion out there has like that month in between major shows. While going through kind of how All Japan ran, and e- you can even kind of put All Japan Pro Wrestling in the same light, where they seem to go back to back much faster than than uh, what we what we see as normal today. Right, and it's kind of, I, I feel like there's a good reason why they don't see that nowadays, you know, the wear and tear on the body. Uh, also, giving the fans a break, Jesus Christ, some of these tournaments could probably wear people out because they're so long and there's so many shows with them. The five stars always got a month and a half, I think, usually. and they're like the, the G1's a fucking behemoth. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, uh, this is a spinoff of the Red Leaf Retrocast, as I mentioned. We're doing All Japan Women Destiny. The whole objective of this podcast is kind of give hindsight to what uh, I already watched, me personally, Kay, uh, through the first time through and learning everything and see how much I've learned, see if opinions has changed over over time. And if you like what you hear, go check out the podcast proper, Red Leaf Retrocast, where we do have a lot of retro stuff and mostly the modern wrestling, including, well, if you're listening to this, you're a Joshi wrestling fan, women's wrestling fan. We got Stardom, Tokyo Joshi Pro, and Ice Ribbon in every single podcast episode. 
as long as well as we have a Patreon. Kay, what can people find on the Patreon if they sign up for it? So at the lovely $1.50 tier, you can get our wrestler rankings, our Joshi through the 2010s, that if you don't want to spend it, money, your money there, you can get it two weeks later over on my podcast, the Big Egg Joshi podcast. But we do implore you, if you can, to get it two weeks earlier over on the Patreon. Um, you also get fun episodes that either you or I sometimes might do, right? Mainly you at this point. The $5 tier, the big old $5 tier, you get my awesome JD Star Reviews, your Starcade reviews that seem to be full of despair these days. Bro, I'm and in I'm, I'm in I'm in Jim Hurd era. It is I'm I'm definitely learning a lot because uh, just to just to interrupt you there. NWA is such an important uh, perspective to learn. And right. naturally I've seen kind of the important class of champions over the years, big matches like the uh excuse me, kitty cat, good god. Uh, the, the you know the Ric Flair Steamboat trilogy you know I've seen all these matches but I uh, l- like what we what we like to learn on this podcast and the podcast proper and anything retro that we do is learn context and learn the history right and learn the wrestlers l- learn what got them over learn what didn't get them over it, it's it brings so much more perspective and information. Uh, to to really learn about the uh, not just kind of the wrestlers' history themselves, but also the history of the business, which is really interesting. That's kind of what we're doing here. I I first learned and got into all Japan women, and now that I have so much more information to go off of, and you know, did I did I know Ayumi Ogura? Did I appreciate uh, who she was? Did, was I so familiar with the with the Jumping Bomb Angels? Was I familiar with the Crush Gals? Besides, they were super over. Honestly, no. I was not familiar with a lot of those. I just watched scattered matches, and I think a lot of people are like that. So, don't don't How I was. yeah don't don't think that it's ever too late to to learn and uh, formulate your own opinion and and context to everything. And I'll boy, look at you! Not yeah. look at you! You're a big Yumi Ogura and Tateno Mark. I mean, I got the drops. I can play them both back to back. I've got Yumi <laughs> Ogre already. You know what, Kay? We're not gonna waste any more time. I made this drop in between episodes. And I just have to, I just have to let the audience know how big a fan I am. I made the music. I found the sparkle. Is her is is the name of her song. Here it goes. Yeah, you're feeling it. I mean, I thought silence for about two seconds. But everyone else heard the drop. Her big potato. That was Ogre's theme, right? Now Tano. Damn That's right, Ogre. that was Ogre's Ogre. theme. It is. It is all about like like I could see the go go, uh, 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 shin sleeves going. <laughs> <laughs> shin sleeves. I don't know if I go go like go go Ogre Chan. Uh, listen, your, your love for Yubi Ogre is probably you're probably the biggest Yubi Ogre mark on the planet right now. <laughs> I get to you. I own that. Here or Japan, I think you own that. Uh, very proud. Very proud of my of my Yumi Ogre fandom that I've gained. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look, we all latch on to somebody. I I have a notorious history of latching onto wrestlers that will probably never be champion. <laughs> yeah, you're overachieving mid carders. My God, I've dubbed it. Yeah, it's like oh, can't wait for them to win the tag titles. <laughs> That's their ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they don't even win that. <laughs> Maybe not. No, not at all. 
But I also do LLPW reviews. That's uh, that's what I interrupted. Yeah, that, was, you. that was that was the last. Yeah, you also do. Uh, you're just starting your LLPW reviews, and that's something that I'm personally very interested in because I have uh, I have some contacts for LLPW, but not nearly as much as I do for AJW and JWP and 2000s JD Star, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah, a lot to a lot to learn from there. And now that I have a much better understanding of of Joshi wrestling history. Uh, among various other promotions, diving straight into LLPW, uh, I, I kind of know what's what to latch on further with, and what wrestlers to look out for, and styles and booking standards, and it's uh, it's I'm 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 a few episodes recorded in already. Uh, they are releasing on the Redley Fredericast Patreon, and uh, much like what we do here at All Japan Women Destiny, is really get further perspective on everything and just kind of continue to learn uh without further ado k you i don't think have seen these 1986 matches prior to this have you uh no i think the only one i've seen was a leleni kai chikusa match i did see that okay that's the only one i'd ever seen well speaking of nagayo and leleni kai uh crush gal meets glamour girl this is at Corican Hall, August 21st, 1986, All-Pacific title. Chigusi Nagayo has just won the title uh, not too long ago, actually. She won it uh, back in she won it back in May of this year. So it's been a, it's it's been through the summer, and I think this is her first defense because one thing must be understood. These titles were basically boxing titles. Yeah, that was the old format of uh booking things. It's not like it is modern day where stardom Biggest Stardom's kind of phasing back into that with the Red Belt, where it's not being defended on Corkins, it's being defended on the big arena shows only. Yeah, but they're I running mean, the big no, arena I, shows more often, and the whole right. purpose of having a title is to defend them on those shows, and they build them up to that. In Back in these days, they weren't... I mean, they would run angles and get feuds going, but the title was rarely defended. They would still have the feuds being built up over time and on house shows and everything uh, because, well, the information pipeline simply wasn't there. The internet didn't really exist in, in the really at all. So you would read yeah. magazines, you would follow the wrestlers, you'd hope to go to a house show, and that was your, that was your context as a fan of the time. You know, I, I, I spoke of 1986 as just this banner year in, in the NWA and, and AJW fucking WWF was was on fire during this time with WrestleMania kicking off. Uh, you know, there, 1986 was an excellent year for wrestling, and it includes women's wrestling. This was... Right, so... Oh, go on. I was like, I had something to add to the information, say how people got information, uh, at least in Japan, for AJW. So, uh, before, like a predecessor to Ladies Ring, which is a current magazine that covers exclusively women's wrestling... Um, back in this point, they had the ladies' ring newsletter. It was a thing that existed. Ooh. And they pretty much, I mean, AGW was all that existed, but they pretty much just covered AGW. And most people that went to these shows, most women, especially like the younger girls, they would be subscribed to it because it would come in beauty magazines that they would buy. So if you, got, if you bought like a fashion magazine, it might have like a thing on the back let you like get like a free couple issues like a month worth month or two uh of these things so that's how they kept in the loop most of them that's really cool and ajw had a tv show at this point in time as well it did prime time slot too by the yeah. way which was a big deal 
Yeah, so, okay. All-Pacific title match. Chigusa versus Lani Kai. What'd you think? I, so I remember when I first watched this match, my, my thought process on it was, I thought Lani Kai was just afraid to get hit. I thought she was in over her head. <laughs> but, uh, my, my thought was, oh, Gaijin going to Japan doesn't know how the style works, is in over her head. But now with more context for things, right? Because at the time I was just watching random big matches that people were recommending. Right? For more context to this, I get the angle what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. She was feigning some of it, but then some of it it wasn't, right? Chigusa was overwhelming because Chigusa the guy was this overwhelming force, this heavy striker. And Lenny is the heel. So of course she's going to cower and not want to get hit and try to avoid things. And of course, right? That makes sense. At the time, I didn't know that. Little so Western, thought, little Western style to it all. Yeah, so I thought the match was actually really good. Uh, I enjoyed it much more now that I have the context. I, I remember my first thought originally was, "Oh, look at this fucking foreigner coming over here, can't take a hit." <laughs> that was my first thought back in the day, which is kind of funny because I didn't know who Lenny Kai even was at that point. Ooh, yeah, the Glamour Girls. The more I learn about them, the more I appreciate the their kind of mark in history to it all, and. Uh, like especially outside of WWF, they were so important. And Lani Kai winning the All Pacific Title here was very shocking, especially in the context yeah. of Nagayo being like she just won this title a few months ago. Uh, but they, you know, what what makes it great is the chase for her. It's the chase of getting it back. And if they didn't want to uh, look there, look <laughs> whether we want to or not, this was the rise rise of Yukari Omori. Period. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course it was. Well, that's Jesus what they did. look. That's what they decided on. So, in order to in order to keep Nagayo out of that main event, she needed she needed a rival, and she'd already gone through dump. They just they they pretty much made made as much as they could possibly get out of that at this point. At least that's how they felt. So the Glamour right. Girls come in. They have they already have the feud from uh, Excursion before. And their f- ongoing feud with the Jumping Bomb Angels. So the Glamour Girls are pretty hot right now as well. And they're way better than they were in 84, to put perspective on that. Right. And also, Chigusa, man. God. And every time I watch any Chigusa match from this era, it's just how over she was. Like, not only were they che- cheering Nagayo, Nagayo, right? But Chigusa, but they were chanting Nagayo, too. They were switching back and forth. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's... That's over, man. I don't think any modern wrestler has that. I can't think of a modern wrestler that has that. I don't think one exists. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. Not to this extent. Uh, Lani Kai, uh, you know, she held up her own. I, I'm a fan of the Glamour Girls. Uh, what, what I think was seen as pretty obvious here was because the match was so long, Kai definitely got a little bit gassed and lost, lost yeah, her she strength. She was gassed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not definitely not used to this uh, this length of matches. Or the pace either. I think no. the pace was what got to her a little bit too. But let's see, let's see. I guess you can see why, without context, one would think, "Oh, who is this foreigner who shouldn't be in the ring? Can't handle it." Yeah, she gets gassed and she can't handle the pace. But story is it that it's not that she can't take the hits; it's that she's the heel, so of course she doesn't want to take the hits. <laughs> Kind of a botchy little Northern Lights at the end there, but she does get the pin, and it's a little bit controversial because, well, that's kind of what they booked to back in the '80s was to try to keep their big baby faces strong, and it it's something that certainly just wouldn't work today 
in the modern era, oh. but back then it certainly did. And nowadays, it's we've seen that that, that I mean we've seen promotions try to do that, and it just doesn't work. People yeah, hate it falls it. flat every time. I'm one of those people, I don't like it either. I don't like those those kind of finishes either. In the modern context, I just feel like they're just too cheap and too easy to go to, and if you do it too much, I end up not caring anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Lalani Kai, new champion. Uh, I, I, I could have sworn this happened in 87 or 88, but now it's in 86, and I realize how much more time there is with, uh, with the Glamour Girls and the Crush Gals, at least in singles competition, which is interesting. Hey, I actually didn't even realize that the guy who had had it so had just won this belt, so it's even more shocking now that I know that. Mm-hmm. The next match is Kazue Nagahori filling in for Lioness Asuka. This is at Kawasaki City Gymnasium, April or uh, August twenty third, eighty six, teaming with Chigusa versus Dome. It's uh, Bull Nakano and Dump Matsumoto, and Bull Nakano getting a little bit more confident in the ring here. Yeah, you can see it. You can sort of see some of the. I mean, she's and she's doing some more of the violent stuff that we now see in ninety one, just full blast with just weaponry and nunchaku. And it's kind of funny seeing this far back, she kind of just stuck to the nunchaku mainly. Now she's like fucking hit you with barricades and everything. Kind of like Aja Kong. It's a... I thought this was a decent match. I don't think this one blew me away like other times. We've seen uh, Dump, especially Dump and Chikusa in the ring against each other. I feel like it needed Linus Asuka to add something because I don't think Nagahori really did too much to it for me in the match. Well, Nagahori, you know, she's part of the, I believe it's the Red Typhoons <laughs> with Yumi right. Ogura. Uh, oh, yeah, your favorite, your favorite wrestler. Yeah, I don't think it's the Calgary Typhoons. Either way, Yumi Ogura is her partner. And Nagahori had quite the task ahead of her because she's, she's definitely fourth place in this match. So, so they have a short amount of time at least in the interim, to really try to uh, get her further over. And I believe Yumi Ogura and, and, her, um, and the other one were out on excursion during this time as well, because 1986 was a big excursion year for a lot of their roster. Yeah, because they, the, they had gotten some pipelines into the West. They wanted to be... I think the Matsunagos wanted AJW to be known worldwide. Yeah. But that didn't work out for them, we know, but... That's what they wanted. That was yeah, the, the idea. Fabulous Moolah didn't help that uh, help that oh, out yeah. too much. <laughs> of course she could, because she could, she couldn't handle the fact that they wouldn't book her on top there. If you, if well, you that she story. wanted the, she wanted the cut, like it was still the 1960s. She wanted the cut, but did you did you ever read the time that she tried to she went over to Japan and didn't wrestle? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She went over there and wanted them to book her on top. Like it's, I think it was Devil Masami at the time. Like not this. Oh no no. I think it was. I think it was this during this time during Dolomasami's title run. Yeah, because they they were in. Yeah, they were in the middle of the WWF uh, share program and the, yeah, the she, and she Stampede Wrestling and CMLL. And she went over. She had her gear and everything, and was going to wrestle, but wanted to win the title. She wanted to hold the belt. She didn't. She refused to be. And I think they wanted to put her like a mixed tag, like a, like a tag with somebody like a two uh two v two or three v three. I think it was a 2v2. I think she was supposed to tag with somebody at the undercard. Yeah. And she didn't want to do that. She refused. She felt insulted. And so she ended up not wrestling and leaving. All because they wouldn't book her old raggedy ass on top. <laughs> yeah, not willing, not willing to work. 
and uh, thinking she's bigger than everyone else. That's uh, that's the story, really. The, I mean, I that's probably, that's put, that old nineteen. That that's the old mindset, the old guard mindset at its best. <laughs> right. I thought I thought I saw it was funny. They're gonna put her in an attack match in the undercard, and she was insulted by that. Like just do the work, I was like, oh, who the fuck are you again? You're old. You get the other card. Yeah. Well, we totally glossed over Lilani Kai when she won the title. She was just in tears of happiness. How how just yeah, happy was she great. was. It was like the biggest accomplishment of her life. <laughs> right. Because that belt, I think, means more than any belt over in the West at the time. Women's right, belt yeah. especially. Well, yeah, you're you're seen as a main eventer at that point, and that's that's what she was doing. She was she was vying for the main event. Um but yeah, bull dump. Versus Nagayo and Nagahori, it was, it was fine. It didn't fine. set my world on fire. Yeah. I, it, it was firmly a mid card type match. There wasn't a lot of heat to it. Uh, Nagahori still has a little bit of ways to go. Just, just trying to get out of kind of mid card hell. Uh, she, she doesn't have the explosiveness as a Yumi Ogura, who's like really tiny and powerful. Because uh, you do see at least uh, the crowd rooting for her, but kind of knows her fate. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I think they're like, oh, yeah, you're partners with Chikusa. We'll cheer for you. Oh, but you're going to die. You're here to eat the pin. Yeah, That's she what tried. you're here for. But really why we're all here. Okay, I have to know. I have my thoughts. We know my thoughts. You listen to the old audio, which is at the end of every podcast episode. Yukari Omori defeats Devil Masami clean 1-2-3 for the 3WA title. Oh, my thoughts on this? Yes, I want your thoughts on this. Okay, let me break this down in four different things. Okay, there's four things that stuck that stood out to me this match. None of them for good reasons. Oh come on, there was uh, one good moment. There was no good moments. There was one uh, good the, moment. The the, the 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 funny things are Yukari Mori uh, is gassed very early in the match. I was like, oh boy, they're gonna put the belt on you, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, I know this, but it's like, oh god, Devil Masami having to take breaks. And not because she's gassed. I think because she's in utter disbelief that she has to put this woman over. <laughs> it was at least three times that she rolls to the outside and kind of just walks around. She's like, I, I, I seriously think she's like, can I quit? Can I just like quit at this point? Have my career still intact? My dignity? <laughs> There's the Yukari Mori karate, like karate chopping a fucking chair. I laughed when I saw that. Like my first reaction was to just bust out laughing. That was the she best point in the match. The chair. She crotted up the chair and knocked the cushion out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Dude, Yukari Omori's like... <laughs> tomahawk chop is her most lethal weapon. It's basically her finisher. And how she gets into that big karate pose, you know, the stance, oh, yeah, the one arm out, really and then comical. she rears back and goes, ha-cha! <laughs> it's like super comical. Like she whips Devil with the ropes and gets in the pose and then does it. I was like, this is like, this is some fucking corny shit. Like even in AJW, I can't see how anyone law thought this was good. Because like, what wrestlers in this promotion do this? None of them pose in, in formation for their finishing move. Look, man, she's and, a supporter the of the Oakland Raiders and she's got a pompadour plus the karate chop. How can you compete no, with such things? She doesn't have the Raiders jersey in the pompadour just yet. <laughs> She'll get there. Uh, but my favorite thing, and the thing that I felt kind of like, I felt really bad for Devil Masami. I was like, okay, Devil, you're, it's okay. You're leaving for JWP soon. It's okay. As <laughs> uh, Ikari Mori doesn't even finish her with the fucking chop. Top ropes, chops her in the head, and then does a really weak, limp-looking, like, splash. Like, standing splash. <laughs> yep. And, or as I dubbed it, a standing plop. Onto Devil Masami for the pin. 
I was like, this is a train wreck. I wonder if somebody in the back was like, oh, Jesus, God, oh, Jesus, God, what are we doing? Why did we make this decision? Oh, no, bro. They keep the title on her for a long time, and she is the main event. <laughs> I feel like the Matsunagas did that because they were like, well, we already went with this. This is double down. We already made this choice. We can't, we can't admit that we made a bad decision. No, no. So double that to shit down. <laughs> oh, no, no. Because th- she stays in the main event because uh, Chigusa and Dump still have their one more big match in them left. So they're trying to not overexpose them. Uh, Devil Masami is on retirement road here. Linus Asuka's hurt. Who do they have left? They're not putting the belt on Yumi oh, Ogre as right. much as I love her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's she's far from the belt at this point. Bull Nakano's super young. They're not putting it on a 19-year-old. <laughs> oh, God, no, they're not. They would never do that. Uh, they have the class of 86 about to debut here in like a month. Essentially. Right. So no super rookie going to be put over in 1986. No, they also didn't do super rookies. No. So but uh, you, went through, you were good, didn't matter, going through the system. So they're kind of stuck Paul with her. Was a super rookie. <laughs> was seen as a super rookie. So and she didn't get her fucking tyrant until way later. No, no, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't get put over by anybody either. <laughs> no, she didn't. Also, uh, I just now thought of this. This is like 86, 86, 87 was like peak crush gals, but also peak crush gals burnout for the two people involved. Yes. At this point, I think Jigusa and Asuka weren't even talking. I think Chigusa, uh, I don't know if Chigusa or Linus Asuka, that had a very open interview. I think it was Chigusa. A very open interview about this point in time where they hated each other because they had to be around each other so much that they didn't like being around each other. It's kind of interesting because they, they had to sit together on the bus. They had to drive together whenever they, were, like, whenever they were being taken anywhere separately. They had to be together at all times. They had the same motel rooms. Had had the same dressing rooms. It was nuts. Had to ride on the bus together. Had to have everything together. Where one went, the other had to go. I think Chigusa even said, like, if she, if she, they had, if they had made her go to the bathroom together, she would have, been, she would have, would have, it wouldn't have surprised her because they had to be everywhere together. Oh boy! Kind of like the the idol stuff. So I can see why they were not friends. Why they hated each other. Yeah. So the Crush Gals are. Uh, going their singles routes at this time. Uh, yeah, right. Because, because, yeah, because tag, of that. Well, I mean, they have the tag titles, so there's still time. Yeah, I mean, they still got it. They still got to be together. But uh, yeah, currently they're they're on a break, or Oscar is injured, whichever the reason. Uh, but you need to stop burying the leader with Yukari Omori as now the top dog in AJW. In arguably, inarguably one of their best years. <laughs> Oh, I mean, you said it yourself. Their best years, the biggest start. I didn't say it. You did. Shit, man. Like, because I know how long this lasts. What happens? You're gonna, you're gonna hunker in. Get get, get down uh, to the hatches. The main the main events are just not I've, for me. <laughs> yeah, she's a bad wrestler. She's like, a we're, bad wrestler. We're ninety one in AJW right now on the podcast pro- proper and. Still, to this point, Yukari Omori is the worst champion, in my opinion, that I have seen in Joshi wrestling prior to 2000. 
I mean, I, I'd say, you know, I believe Karu Ito ends up holding the boat at some point. I don't well, I haven't seen that, have and, I? And Hota. And Hota. I haven't but, seen uh, that quite yet. I'll make my decision. Look, this Yukari Omori Amor, bar is really, really high, as in high uh, uh, in the in the metaphor of Fair. someone will have to be just filled with the utmost despair to cross that high bar that Omori has set with the worst top champion. <laughs> Yeah, I I still I, I still firmly believe that they thought that they put the belt on her, realized it was a bad decision, and decided to just double down. <laughs> they <laughs> doubled down she's for, for that so amount of time. As, she's I you know, they don't admit they made a mistake. And like you said, people are down on the card hurt, you don't want to blow your big stuff off. So I guess fuck it, keep with the mistake. Uh, I don't know. I th- I think a lot of people were into her. I keep looking it up to try to see. Was Omari over. this big deal? And I just, I don't know. I can't tell. Oh. I have no clue. It, it, the Crush Gals you- were just so over and so popular, they could literally put anybody at the top and I mean, it would have been that fine. That is true. That <laughs> is true, because people weren't there for the champion. They were there for, you know, Chikusa and Lioness Asuka. <laughs> so you, you might be onto something with that, though, but... You know, I know she's not a big deal. I did research for my AJW episode over the Big Egg Joshi podcast, and I came across her name once and only in the list of champions. <laughs> she is not mentioned anywhere else. No, she is a forgotten champion over the eras. And, and when I learned for about her, reason, I was like, bad. what? Yeah. Yukari Mori is champion. She did Tomahawk a chair. She tomahawked the cushion out that chair. Nobody, there's not many people I could say that. If I, I won't lie. If I saw somebody in the modern era take the stance and tomahawk a chair, like if Raku does this in a little, in, a, in like a, a tag title match at some point in the future, and she does that tomahawk chop, I'll pop. I'll pop with you. <laughs> but that's that's the bar where I'm at. It's like if an undercard comedy wrestler can tomahawk a chair. <laughs> Oh, damn, you take that back. She's awesome. She's a train, motherfucker. A train that needs the tomahawk a chair. <laughs> choo, <laughs> choo-choo. <laughs> Dude, if she tomahawks a chair, she put the fucking belt on her now. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like this big Raku and, uh, uh, what's her face? Shin kick girl. Uh, Palm. Oh, yeah, Palm. You give me, oh, you give me Raku and Palm, where Palm shin kicks the person holding the chair and Raku tomahawks it into the face on the fall down. You know what? Put the tag titles off them on, on them because that, that will, <laughs> that, you know, I'll just be like, you know what? You deserve it with a spot like that. <laughs> oh, three months. Will I still be happy with this? Probably not. No, 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 no. But I'll have to just continuously remind myself how they won those. Like, you know what? Yeah, they deserve it. <laughs> that what? That was a cool spot. <laughs> <laughs> three months rain. I will take it just for that one spot. Anyways. Let's uh, let's move on to the, the let's get out of here. Here's the original audio. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See ya. Yes, that was Bull Nakano's music. Oh, beautiful. Oh, just based on better matches and uh, whatnot, New Japan does get the win over Dragon Gate there. Don't think that was a show or a, a shock. So that leads uh, J 
just before I go into All Japan Women. So that leads AEW up 2-0 on WXW. Limitless uh, still undecided until the March 1st show, but they are currently winning 1-0. Stardom's up on Ice Ribbon 3-1, and New Japan's up on Dragon Gate 3-1. There you go. All Japan Women Wrestling Classics over found, at, uh, found over at Puroso Dream and Samurai TV. This is episode 14. We have one match from August 21st, 1986 from Corican Hall. Uh, it was for the All-Pacific Championship. Chigusa Nagai was the champion defending against Lalani Kai, of all people. Does this now name sound familiar? Well, it should, if you know your history. Lalani Kai was well known for losing the women's title at the first WrestleMania in WWF and being part of the tag team, the Glamour Girls, having the women's tag titles. I know, I know, hard to believe women's wrestling existed in WWF before, not just 2016, but also before Trish and Lita. They were not just people with boobs. They did wrestle and get big spotlight matches before the 2000s. So this was a pretty slow brooding match. Crowd namely women just seriously in unison chanting for Chigusa the whole time. No shock there. I would say Lalani was mildly impressive. Uh, but it was mostly Chigusa just brilliantly selling all the horrible limb work being done to her. Match ends with the worst Japanese arm drag. I mean, northern light suplex you've ever seen. And then she kind of crawls on her back and then bridges over Chigusa after messing up the pin. To actually pin her, I could not believe my eyes. It uh, Kai cuts a kind of emotional promo after the match. Nagayo puts her over. So is this the final like push for Nagayo uh, to go for the 3WA world title? I think it is. And then uh, only three matches on the show. Uh, they were quite long matches, actually. I think it was 10, 10, and 20 minutes, respectively, for this hour-long show, with entrances and whatnot included. Uh, August 23rd, so only two days later, at the Kawasaki City, uh, yeah, Kawasaki City Gymnasium in 1986, we got the three WA tag titles on the line. It is um, Chigusa Nagayo and Kazuye Nagahore, so no Lioness Asuka teaming with Nagayo taking on Dump Matsumoto and Bull Nakano. So, Gakaku Dome in full tandem here. Who and what is better than Dump versus the Chigusa rivalry in the 80s? Well, if you were thinking, man, I want to see Dump kill somebody. Ah, well, you would be... You would get one better. Dump Matsumoto in Road Warrior face paint, literally killing people with lariats, Specifically the timid Nagahore for the first fall in like five seconds. She lariats the piss out of her. Nagahore lands right on the back of her neck and head. And then you just see Dump come crashing down with a big splash from the camera. Oh so glorious. First fall done. Chigusa then finally gets in the ring. Suplexes Nakano for the second pin. And then proceeds to kick the shit out of her. Of course, to gain back control, Gokwakadome interferes and hits the ring, proceeds to cheat and use the numbers advantage. Nakano does hit the pile driver on Nagahore to win the match as Dump and Chigusa continue their little brawl outside. Mic work being used as a weapon. Simple enough match. I like the start the most just seeing Dump with the Road Warrior face paint murdering somebody. Simple short match. 
And then our main event was possibly the most baffling match I've seen in this All Japan Women's Classic rewatch to date. It is 3WA World Champion Devil Masami, one of my favorite Joshi wrestlers of all time now. Yes, I have said it. Uh, not as good in the ring as Jagor Yokota, but it's the character work and the facial expressions Masami is so good at. She's defending the title here against Yukari Omori. Now, Omori has been getting a push in 1986 here, and we've seen it on this classic rewatch, ranging from getting the big rub, surviving against Dump Matsumoto in the hardcore match, where she got stabbed with a pair of scissors in the arm, in which the scissors stayed in her arm. Yes, that was a real thing that happened. And then she won, uh, I believe, a match or two leading into this. I believe she beat Lioness Asuka? I don't remember. I know she beat somebody. But anyways. This is weird because it seemed like this match started mid-match, as there was no entrances or anything. It just, bang, match starts. And uh, they're they're both hitting the ring real fast. They're hitting the ropes fast. And then Masami just quickly gains control. Hey, easy enough from there. Uses some of her amazing charisma to set up even the most simple punches, looking ever so deadly. So good job on Masami. And now that I say that out loud, it actually played into a little bit of the story how the match ended. So remember, Masami stalking her opponent and hitting devastating-looking punches. Remember that. So there's a brawl outside for a bit. Omori gets one good lick in, and Masami escapes the outside, utilizing the full 20 count also plays in the story later. So that one tomahawk hit Omori used, much like a Wahoo McDaniel overhead chop, just buries Masami, and she uses the full 20 count before she gets in the ring. From that point forward, it's Masami trying to sell for Omori, but it just doesn't work, as Omori has no personality and no actual moveset. So it's a real poor outing from Omori. I was not buying this match at all. The story of the match works, but, like, does it put Omori over? Does it get me believing that she is on Masami's level? I would say this match didn't do that. So, Omori just looks absolutely exhausted basically this whole time I'm watching. She would get up very briefly and then take, like, a nap on the mat. Right, So Masami has to really work over the character work and charisma to get something more out of this match. Really reminded me of a shitty Lex Luger match of him trying to sell, right? But finally, something happens. Okay, so now we're at the end of the match. Masami gets a chair, and Omori tomahawk chops, overhead tomahawk chops, Wahoo McDaniel style, the chair out of her hands, and the, the whole gimmick... Like gets punched, like her arm gets punched through the uh, the chair, and uh, she actually gets cut real bad on her inner forearm near the uh, uh, at the elbow point, right? So she's grabbing, so blood's falling from her arm, so she's grabbing it. Um, so so she proceeds to tomahawk chop Masami to death. So Masami would take a hit, she'd go down, she'd sell it, she'd get back up, and for every preceding hit it was that much harder for Masami to get back up. 
Like her legs were just wobbling. She's she's barely being it. She needs to use the ropes to get up, and she's looking more and more mean. Like I gotta do something. I gotta fight back because I'm losing here, right? So I it was it was done so well from Masami's part, putting over how devastating these Omori tomahawk chops are. So if Masami wasn't such a good expression worker, this wouldn't work. But she does. She is it, and it does work. So one big top rope chop followed, and a big splash, and Omori wins the 3WA title. Again, cannot believe my eyes. I just watched a show where Chigusa Nagayo and Devil Masami (coughs) lose their titles to, in my eyes, not as good uh, opponents. And I don't like Omori very much at all. Yes, she was built up as a strong contender. But the gauntlet of stars that are in AJW right now uh, and the up-and-coming talent like Bull Nakano, I don't think Omori is the right person to hold this title. So indeed, I just witnessed history here. One half of the Dynamite Girls is now the champion, and not even the good one, Jumbo, Hor- uh, Jumbo Hori. So there you go. Yukari Himori is the three WA champion. Really gets me curious what we're going, what we're going for here. And because I don't, I don't, I'm not spoiling myself on results prior or who owns the title at some points in history. I have to imagine Chigusa Nagayo is getting this fucking title, like, immediately. (laughs) I have to think that. 